Hey there, fight fans. It's Couchside Judges time with me, Scott Fontana, along with my partner, Dan Urban. I know normally we focus on UFC events because, well, they were just about the only major show running events during the pandemic. But this weekend, we've got interesting cards from both UFC and Bellator, and we're going to look at both of them. In fact, our past judgment comes from the Bellator Circle Cage. With Michael Chandler and Benson Henderson squaring off almost four years after Chandler got a close split decision nod, Scott and I are going to see how our scoring system assesses a winner in the first fight ahead of Friday's rematch at Bellator 243. And as Scott said, we'll look at both the octagon action from UFC Apex as well, headlined by heavyweights, Derek Lewis and Alexi Olnick. So real quick, Scott is dealing with a bit of a power issue. We had a hurricane hit our area a couple days ago. and Tropical storm. Okay, tropical storm. He still doesn't have power, so uh, this show may be a little bit different but you know really not all that much yeah i my power got knocked out on tuesday in the afternoon and they told me oh you know it's gonna be ready you know tomorrow morning and then they said oh it's gonna be ready the next day at the evening and now they're like oh it'll be ready on monday afternoon so you know here i am sitting in my parents basement back where i was 20 years ago and uh and dan and i are gonna see how we do this yeah we did we'll get it done yeah for sure but you know dan i hope you're ready for the Couchside Judge's first time putting a Bellator bout through past judgment. Especially this one, since it's a fantastic fight with some clear degrees to which the fighters won rounds. But before we dive in, how about you give the usual breakdown for how we score fights in this particular segment? Yeah, for sure. We use a modified version of the ABC's criteria used by most commissions with just a few key differences. You know, we evaluate rounds using the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. And we've made it so a strong 10-9 round will be scored as a 10-8, while a traditional 10-8 round becomes a 10-7. Closer rounds would still just be 10-9s, even if only by a small margin. This allows for more diverse scores in the hope of more accurately reflecting what happened in a fight. We also dropped aggressiveness and area control as tiebreakers, but these aren't intended to be used very often anyway. We can only use 10-10s in largely uneventful rounds. So let's do this, Scott. Set up Chandler Henderson 1 for us. So this was the Bellator 165 headliner at SAP Center in San Jose, California, back on November 19, 2016. Chandler, at this point, was a two-time Bellator lightweight champ. He had just claimed the vacant title for the second time uh, with a first-round KO of Patricky Pitbull. Came into the site with a 15-3 and record, really, really kind of in his prime as a fighter. He was about 30 years old. Uh, with most of his fights under the Bellator banner, although he had two of his first three in Strike Force, So he's one of those guys that he didn't even sniff the regional scene too much before he got into the majors. Very rare you see guys like that. Yeah, you don't see that very often at all. Now, Henderson, of course, he worked his way through the ranks. You know, he was he was kind of the more traditional route. Came through WEC as the champ, former UFC lightweight champ, as we all know. Uh, he had come to Bellator just a year earlier as a very high-profile free agent addition. Uh, he lost his welterweight title shot to Andre Koroshkov in his promotional debut. Uh, and then he got a TKO over Patrizio Pitbull, the brother of Patricky, thanks to a leg injury uh, back at lightweight again. So he's already at lightweight here. Uh, and this was just three months prior to this. So, you know, we've got we've got a really interesting lightweight bout outside of the UFC. One of the best ones they could have really put on at this point. Judges for this one, Mike Bell, Derek Cleary and Ron McCarthy. And the referee was Ron's father, Big John McCarthy. I wonder how many they've done together. You know, I bet you they've done quite a few. That would be fun to ask about just how cool it is to be able to, you know, do that with your dad or do that with your son. You know, one of these days we got to get the McCarthy's on, right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. So, but let's let's talk about round one, Dan. What'd you see? Round one, I gave ten eight to Chandler. This round kind of felt like the first half was a bit of a feeling out. You know, wasn't all that much action. There was some action. You know, I thought Benson landed a decent ride. Chandler landed some kicks, but. I didn't think it was like the first half. It seemed like it was maybe maybe a minute and a half or so, you know, maybe less than that. But I don't know. I didn't really take note of that. So, but you know, then it really turns on. You know, Chandler lands that big uppercut, buckles Benson, uh, lands another one, takes him to Suplex City. That was a major suplex. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a crazier one that I can remember in in mixed martial arts. It, it's very rare to think of suplexes like that yeah that's that's definitely one of the most famous ones i think yeah and i mean right after that he attacks the guillotine which was tight good one yeah really good uh, he actually got it a couple more times throughout the round phil benson got the upper hand like the last like 40 seconds of the, of the round just held him against the cage landed some little knees yeah he had those knees in the clinch I mean, they, they weren't little but they weren't <laughs> they certainly didn't balance out the damage he was taking no, definitely not. But yeah, that's why I went ten eight. I mean, I guess I flirted a little bit with ten seven, but I didn't get that far. I thought this was a solid ten seven, but even before you told me your score before we did this, I I totally could understand a ten eight in our system for this one. It was for me. I thought Chandler really earned that top score. I thought he took it. You know what I mean? When 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 you talk about fighters getting ten eights in the traditional ABC system, you're kind of hoping that they take the eight, you know, they, they take that extra point for them for themselves, but here. And I really think that Chandler did that, which is why I thought this was a strong, solid 10, eight round in the normal ABC scoring. So that's why I felt very comfortable saying, okay, this is a 10, seven for us as well. But, but again, I, I get your argument too. I don't, I don't think it is the most lopsided of beatdowns in a round, but it was, <laughs> it was certainly one of the worst beatings that I can think of Bendo having in one round. Right. Usually you don't see Benson on the, the receiving end of this, but uh, like you said, Chandler kind of did take it, but I didn't think he took it to that degree. He was going for it, but I, I wish he went it went for it harder, if that makes any sense. Oh, I don't I know was how looking much more, for more he could have done. Yeah, I was looking I'm not for sure more. how much he more he could have done. I think it was more just the fact that Benson is just a, a true veteran of the sport. He was able to survive it. Right, but I'm speaking like time-wise. It kind of felt like he had like a two- Two minutes of solid going for it where, you know, there's three other minutes in the round. But you know what? We're, we're talking when we talk about 10 sevens in our system, as opposed to a 10 seven in the ABC, they want bell to bell beat down. But that's not how it works with a 10 eight in the ABC system. And a 10 eight in the ABC really more or less is a 10 seven in our system. So that's why I don't necessarily see that as the bar that needed to have been cleared. But again, I, I can kind of see the argument why you wouldn't have gone there. All right, yeah, I'm not looking for bell to bell, but I, I I would like more than than that. All right, fair enough. I still want uh, I still want ten seven. I still want to give ten seven. It's more rare, rare of a score, but not as rare. All right, fair enough. But uh, but for the actual judges on the evening, now keep in mind that this was right before the criteria was officially clarified. This was the end of 2016. 2017 was where we started to see judges really working with the new clarified criteria so keep that in mind when we're reading out the scores of the time mike bell did give chandler a 10-8 here which i thought was warranted and Derek clear and ron mccarthy they only gave out a 10-9 which uh, you know that's that's kind of how things went back then <laughs> if it wasn't a beat down bell to bell you probably weren't getting a 10-8 i don't know how i would have scored this in uh abc criteria i probably would have leaned 10-8 but i think this was a uh one of those where you know, debatable. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I I didn't 
I had the debate, but I went the other way. So it is what it is, right? Round two, though, much closer round. Yeah, this was a much better round for Henderson, and it seemed Chandler slowed down uh, this round. His offense was more sporadic. Uh, I thought Benson landed more impactfully in getting the better reactions. You know, he dropped Chandler early. He had strong body kicks, and uh, it was still a decently close round, but uh, I thought it was pretty uh, pretty good for Henderson 10-9. You know, again, I agree this was a Henderson 10-9 round, but there is kind of a, a, a funny point in the round where things I thought started to at least turn for the better for Chandler, and that was after Bendo accidentally landed a kick to the cup. Oh, yeah, if they're sideways, it moves it. Mm-hmm. That's what John McCarthy said. Yes, he was talking about this there. But when that happens, right, <laughs> when that happens, after Chandler gets a little bit of a break, it's almost like he's like, all right, I got that just a little extra breather here. Now I can start trying to pour it on a little bit more. And he, and he did start to make some headway into trying to take back the round. I just don't think it was enough to claim it back. I don't think so either. And I think and I think Jimmy Smith uh, doesn't understand that the last minute of the fight does not weigh more than the first four minutes of the fight because he kept it didn't he yeah kept, it did seem a little funny that he was talking like that he kept harping on you know how he finished stronger so i'm giving him the round I, it's a weird way to yeah. score a fight well you know again as we say often commentators are sitting there their job is to commentate and and one of the things that jimmy smith had always done when he was a part of the Bellator broadcast was yes they did have him give a score out but he's not sitting there trying to judge it the way a judge is judging it so you always take it with a grain of salt. Although I, I do understand an argument for Chandler here. I didn't give it to Chandler, but I I do see how you could have gone that way. Yeah, it was, it was close. But none of the judges did. All three judges for this one, they saw it for 10-9 Henderson, of course. Uh, so it's actually tied up on Cleary and McCarthy's card here at 19, uh, which sounds silly when you compare the two rounds. You know, this was a close yeah. round and then a very lopsided round. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then but Bell actually because he gave the ten eight in the first round, Bell has Chandler up nineteen to eighteen, which to me looks more reasonable. And I also have Chandler up nineteen eighteen. But I have Chandler up nineteen seventeen on my card. Up two points. Two points. It's a big lead we're talking about here. But round three, I thought this was a much better round for Chandler again. I think he really came back and and he was more himself. You know, I had a tough tough time scoring this round. I did go ten nine Chandler. I really thought this was a close round. I thought Benson landed very effective strikes, especially kicks to the body, kicks to the leg, and the knees to the body when Chandler would try to close the distance, really slowed him down, backed him up. And I thought that on the feet, I thought Benson was the clear uh, winner here. But, you know, Chandler attacks another really strong guillotine, which completely put Benson on the defensive and... Pretty much that that was so strong, and he rode out the round on top landing strikes, and I, I leaned 10-9 Chandler. I went Chandler, but I went more solidly than you. I actually gave him a 10-8. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was, it was somewhat close early, but I thought Chandler was still looking pretty good up there. Not that Henderson wasn't also landing, but then he locks up that guillotine, and Benson, you know, he... He survives just because he was able to get half guard. But that was a very, very, very good attack. And I thought something like that was something that could score very well for Chandler. So that's why I ended up pushing it more solidly around for Chandler. And I went all the way to the 10-8 here. Okay, I, I agree. Uh, but I think, here's the thing. I think that was the most effective offense of the round. And mm -hmm. and the strongest offense. But 
So now I'm weighing grappling versus striking. So I got striking edge. I got it clearly in Benson's favor. But now I got the, the grappling clearly in Chandler's favor. And I thought the grappling outweighed the striking. The reason I would say that the grappling definitely outweighed it, and even by more so, is because, yeah, okay, I can give you that you would see Henderson landing the better strikes. I didn't think it was drastically better. I, I thought it was a little closer standing. But even notwithstanding that, Chandler was much closer to ending the fight. Yeah, definitely. And and I think you have to give some extra weight to something like that. You know, Grappling, I think, gets underrated sometimes in the criteria. There's certainly room for it to be rated correctly because you know dominance is in there and that's very much something that factors in the grappling but it's still you know every fight starts on the feet that's that's just the way mma is always going to be so it's there's always an inherent edge for the striker so that when you get a situation where the grappler gets it into his world gets a choke in like this where henderson really had to fight out of it i think that's something that has to get extra weight so that's why i went there but I, I see your argument for only going 10-9. Yeah, it was just, I mean, he had too much good offense on his side to say he's getting a 10-8 for me. All right, fair enough. But here, as a result of my score, I'm looking at a 29-26 to 26 edge for Chandler. So I've got him up three points. Okay, I, I got him up two. So 29-27 for me. What about the judges? The judges, all three here went Chandler. No surprise. You know, I, I think the choke easily locked it up. Uh, and it was the right call. Cleary McCarthy. They have it 29-28 for Chandler. Bell has it 29-27. Again, the round one, 10-8 here. And I think that's a good score for this fight through three rounds. But round four, now we're in the championship rounds here. What happened? This was this was an interesting round. This was a round it was. where... I knew you were going to like this round. I watched it twice because I wanted to watch it again. And I was like, <laughs> let me just make sure what I'm seeing here. Sure. Unfortunately, the judges don't have that luxury, but whatever. They do not, and we have to acknowledge that. You can't watch it over again and over again if you're a judge. They get one look, and they get it live. So, But, you know, we're going to look through it if we want to as many times as we want. Maybe not 49 times like Luke Thomas looking at uh, <laughs> Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. The 40, yeah. 49's a little much. Yeah, in slow motion. But I, think, I think a second looks okay, Dan. Yeah, we definitely. We make <laughs> we make the rules here. So, we sure do. Uh, you know, Chandler gets him down, but doesn't really do anything he's just eating elbows and punches from benson and you know you don't get points for being on top and just holding someone down trying to grind them out it's you know no henderson attacked with the kimura a few times one of them was decently close yeah the the, the one of them was not very close but the other one was a little better and, and you know and then that final 30 seconds of the round was really the most impactful uh offense of the fight where benson's landing those nasty elbows to the uh midsection yeah that uh, I thought it was pretty clear, 10-9 for Henderson. Yeah, I did too. I get I get a very small argument for Chandler here. Very, very small. But I, I didn't go there either. I'm with you very solidly on, on Henderson's side here. But Henderson, you know, the one thing that I thought was cool with, with Henderson is he did get that crucifix on the back uh, like near the end of the round too. Yeah, that was a nice position you just don't see very often in MMA where they get the crucifix on the back. Mm-hmm. Usually it's on top. Usually... And maybe that's a reason why, because Chandler was able to just roll out of it. Yeah. That that could be a reason why. That but, could be. Uh, that would be a question for a, a fighter with, with more experience than you and I. But, I mean, other fighters that I've spoken to have touted p- positions we wouldn't traditionally think as very dominant. Like a front headlock position, uh, some fighters consider that's a really dominant position for the simple fact that if knees were allowed to the head, 
that, you're going to end the fight like nine times out of ten from there. Or, well, that's an if. <laughs> or the top turtle position because you're just in such a dominant position there to just rain down punches on the head. See, that one I'd believe, absolutely. That one looks like you're in a good spot to me. It usually does. But both of us gave Henderson the 10-9 here. Ultimately, we're all on the same side. You know, this, mm-hmm. this was not one you and I were in uh, disagreement over. No. But but my cumulative score here now is Chandler 38-36. to 36. Okay, and I'm 38-37 Chandler. The judges for this round, though, Mike Bell and Derek Cleary both had 10-9 for Chandler. And it was Ron McCarthy who agreed with you and I, 10-9 Henderson. So the minority judge went for Henderson the way you and I did. Yeah. I, you know, I, we disagree, obviously, here. But I do see an argument. And, and again, this was before, as we remind you, that the criteria was clarified just a few months later. So you don't know exactly what they're scoring. Round five, though, I thought this was a very good round for Henderson here. I'm curious, did you go all the way to a 10-7 in our criteria for Henderson? Uh, again, I did not. Okay. I did 10-8 You don't, you don't like Henderson. giving out 10-7s. You, you know what? You. I want to give... You're just, you're just too conservative. I want to give 10-7s, but here's the thing. You know what? If I gave a 10-7 here to Benson, but I didn't give a 10-7 to Chandler in round one, I, I kind of feel like I'm kind of all over the place then. I'm, I'm not as consistent. Yeah. No, no. I, I understand. Once you've given out that score in round one... You absolutely can't go higher than that in round five. That that would be uh, disingenuous, I think, to go that way. But I felt like this was a really, really good finish for Henderson. You know, Chandler clearly didn't have much left. He's kind of just holding on to get to the bell yeah, at this point, was, most yeah. of the part. He's he's not entirely done, but he's mostly done. Yeah. Uh, and Henderson, he left him bloody at the end too. He did. He he made a cut over his eye. His you know his cauliflower ear was busted open. And uh, Chael made it. Chael made that good point. He said, you know, Michael Chandler's still fighting, but he's fighting against the clock. He's not fighting against Benson Henderson anymore. Very good point by Chael Sonnen. Absolutely. And uh, you know, solid round for for Benson. I think ten eight is good. You know, if you you go ten seven, that that's your how you're seeing it. I'm fine with that. And Benson grabbed the back early, and he was trying for that. Uh, the rear naked. Rear naked, which turned into some kind of a neck crank, but you know, yeah, wasn't really close. But you know, solid. It was a good there. attack, though. It was a good yeah. attack. You know, and then that's when Chandler reversed, was able to get on top. But Benson just kept drilling him with elbows and punches and busted him open, like you said. A very high impact round for for Bendo. That's that's why I went all the way to the ten seven here. You know, I thought he owned the grappling. Chandler was very tired. There was very little resistance. It was good striking. Uh, the third D duration was more borderline for me. You know, and I did see it that way for Henderson because I thought the the choke attack at least was a a good duration of attack there Mm -hmm. uh, as well as his striking you know he didn't really it was not as much pot shotting or you know staying Mm -hmm. busy kind of stuff he really was attacking you know well yeah and in between rounds four and five he asked this corner does do I need a finish and I really wasn't able to hear the answer but uh I think he went into that round thinking he needed a finish. I hope he did. I mean, it certainly looked like he had the fire in him, and he fought just like that. Yeah. You know, but but I do. I will say, I do understand if you didn't check off that third D on the criteria, and that's why maybe a reason you didn't go all the way to the ten seven in our system. So th- that's okay. Um, I was on the fence about it as well. But again, it not so much as the same argument for you. It, I gave a ten seven in first round. I felt like this was. Just about maybe not quite as dominant as Chandler's round one, but I thought it was pretty darn close and not enough that I would have gone all the way back down to the 10-8. No, yeah, definitely. That's fair. So the final score now, 
after me giving a Henderson 10-7 round here. And I have to admit, my math actually was kind of screwed up in those other rounds as well as I was at cumulatively because going into this round, Henderson really did need a 10-7 just to get a draw. And sure enough, that's what I gave him. And we got a 45-45 draw on my card. And in my card, I have Henderson squeaking out a victory, 47-46. to 46. And Very... your math was good throughout this whole segment, so kudos yes. to you. I, you. I obviously don't know how to do amazing uh, addition. <laughs> Arithmetic is not your forte. That's not true at all. I'm very good. <laughs> but today, uh, hey, look, I'm thrown off here. I'm sitting in my parents' basement. You know, lay off me. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so though, I have a draw, and you've got a, a Henderson one-point victory. So really, the difference between you and I wasn't necessarily the way we scored round one or round five because they, they both canceled out, but it was round three where I gave Chandler the 10-8 and you only gave the 10-9. Right. That was why you were able to give yeah. Henderson the win. Now, I have no problem with Henderson getting the win here, but I actually do feel good about that my scorecard ended up being a draw. It was such a close fight. It was a close fight, and, and it was not like a close fight in terms of, you know, oh, it was so close the whole time. It was very much like, yeah, there's one stream extreme here where Chandler's really beating the tar out of him. And then at the other end, you got Henderson, who's like, yeah, he storms back because Chandler's got absolutely nothing left for the last like eight fight minutes of the round, you know, <laughs> or eight, the last eight minutes of the fight. And it was one of those type of fights. So I have no problem with it being a draw, especially because now they're going to go back at it again and they'll figure out who wins the second time. But before we even talk about that, the judges on that evening, just to figure out where we finished up here, Bell and Cleary both gave a 10-9 to Henderson in this round. But it was Ron McCarthy who went to a 10-8 here. Yeah, I don't really like that 10-8 there because this round was not as strong of a round as round one for Chandler. So if you don't go... And he only gave the 10-9 for Chandler. Yeah, so a bit strange. It Look, different criteria at the time. You know, there was a lot of inconsistency, I think, with the way fights were scored. And I don't think that was necessarily a reflection of the judges. I think it definitely was a more reflection of the uh, looseness of the wording of the criteria at the time, which once again, has been clarified over the last few years. And I think they've se- we've seen much better results. You can find a lot of people, uh, us included, who are pretty happy with the way things are worded right now by the ABC. Yeah. So the final scores here, Bell had it 48-46 for Chandler. McCarthy had it 48-46 for Bendo. And Cleary had it 48-47 for Chandler. Which, okay, if you're going to give every round the same weight, I still think you got to say Henderson won. I think Henderson won three rounds. I think if you're just looking at pure who won the round, doesn't matter by what degree, Henderson won three rounds. That, yeah, that that's how I see it. If yeah, yeah. if there's no actually, you just go oh, winner of this round, winner of that round, Henderson won three rounds. But again, having said that, I do see the arguments for Chandler in both the round two and round four that I gave to Henderson. They were close rounds, but I, I definitely feel good about where I ended up. Yeah, and I think our scores are actually more reflective of what the fight was. 47-46, you don't see a guy winning fights only getting 47 points, and you don't, you definitely don't see anybody winning fights only scoring 45 points. Yeah, no, I, I think that shows, when you look at scores like, like yours, where it's 46 to 45, 40, or excuse me. 47-46. That's right, thank you. When you see that, yeah, it's, what that tells you is that, man, it was a close fight, but it was also a fight where even the winner, he had to battle back from some adversity. Yeah, this is, you know, you see that score, you're like, I really got to watch this fight and see what they saw. Yeah, at least we understand our scoring system the way other, you know, other people haven't yet because, hey, we made it up. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, I'm, I really am glad that they're running this back. You know, I don't think rematches always can live up to the original in terms of how good they are and fun they are to watch. But I do have a good feeling about this one. I'm optimistic here. What about you? Well, after watching this one, I'm that's I'm most excited to see this. Yeah, on this absolutely weekend. out of out of the whole weekend, right? Yeah, the whole weekend. This is the fight to watch. This is the one that's going to be happening on Friday night, though. Bellator 243 is Friday night, whereas UFC is Saturday. Uh, what do you think about Chandler Henderson, too? Like, do you do you think that uh, Henderson's going to get a win on the official card this time? Or, or do you think he's going to maybe, well, you know, think he's going to get screwed or something like that? But what do you think? Who, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I don't, you know, it's four years later. So who knows how well they've aged. Uh, you know, Benson, I think Benson's now 36. Henderson's 36 now. 36. Uh, so, I mean, he's still he's still a great fighter. So I'm hoping to see that we still see another great fight. And, you know, Benson's been to split decisions like so many times in his career. I'm surprised it's not his nickname. Benson split Henderson? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Split decision <laughs> Henderson. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Henderson split decision. Okay. All right. What about you? So, so what you're saying is you think it's going to be a close fight that one person will disagree with the others. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> That's his entire career. It's always it's always funny to call a split decision because then you're saying you're just going to not believe that all three judges can see it the same way. <laughs> well, I mean, it, his past has proven that. I Hey, I hear you. I, I get you. I get you. I'm, I'm picking Chandler, though. I think he's going to take this again and actually take it more clearly. Uh He's got a lot of reasons to win this fight because he's going into free agency. And there is some chatter out there that the UFC might actually be an option for him this time. He's been very happy with Bellator for many years, but he hasn't been tested against a whole different pool of fighters. And I'm sure a part of him would like to see what he could do over there. Where do you think he ranks amongst the other the UFC lightweights? It's very hard to say. It's very hard to say. I, oh, goodness. I think he would definitely be a staple of the top 10. Okay. Where he where he fits in there, I don't know. But I think he's somebody who you jump him in there. I mean, is there any reason if, you know, let's say a healthy Kevin Lee, who unfortunately tore his other ACL, we found out this week. But let's just, for argument's sake, pretend that Kevin Lee is healthy. Would you put him in the cage against Michael Chandler and say Chandler can't win? No, definitely not. No, I think I think that's he's definitely a top 10 level fighter. Is he as good enough to be the champ? I wouldn't pick him to beat Khabib, but I would like to see how he could do against some of those top guys. I, I, I'm nothing against Bellator, but he's been in that pool a long time, and I would love to see him against some new fighters. Yeah, so let's move on to Saturday. Yeah, Saturday with the UFC event. Another one at UFC Apex, number six, uh, not counting the pay-per-view from June. And this one's Derek Lewis against Alexi Olenek at heavyweight. It can't go the distance, right? I don't think it goes the distance, but I don't know. It depends. Is Alexi going to fight... Derek Lewis, the way he fought Verdum and strike with him. I just don't want to see five rounds of Derek Lewis ever. It's never what I want. <laughs> I mean, I'll take three rounds. He did get that really big knockout at the very end of the third round. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Three rounds is fine. Okay. Don't give me two more. <laughs> I don't want two more, Derek. <laughs> but, you know, if Olnick takes him to the ground, you know, that's Lewis's kind of weakness is, you know, wrestling along with cardio. Cardio and, and and he's often had injuries when he comes in. His back is has been a nagging issue, and it's a very well known one going into these fights. So it really kind of depends on how his back's feeling on fight night. Yeah, I mean, I always root for Derek Lewis because I want to see the post fight interview because it's fun. so entertaining. But uh, I could see either a knockout from Lewis or a, a submission from Olnick uh, using my brain. But uh, I don't know. I'm banking on a choke out from the Russian. I you know maybe maybe we'll get some Ezekiel choke action in here. 
We've seen it plenty of times from Olenek. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm gonna bank on a chokeout. Okay. What about the uh, who are the judges we're gonna see? You know, with the UFC card, it's probably gonna be the same judges that we've seen in Nevada at these Apex events, and they've been excellent. So you know, I I have the complete trust that you should have in the judges for this one. I I think whoever is assigned to these fights, we're gonna get some hopefully not too much controversy the way we've been kind of accustomed to with these Apex events. But Bellator. So this one's at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, right? And so I reached out to Mike Mazzulli of the Mohegan Tribe Commission, and he told me that the judges for the big rematch that we've been talking about all all episode are Brian Miner, Doug Crosby, and Dave Torelli. So they're going to be on the uh, the headlining fight here. Crosby and Torelli, you know these names. These are very familiar to fight fans who've heard Doug Crosby and Dave Torelli on fight assignments before. Miner might not be the most familiar name, but he has worked a lot of Bellator events, especially when they go overseas. He's worked some UFC as well. Uh, you know, he's a veteran judge himself. What about you? Any uh, fights that you'd like to see? Let's say from even Bellator's uh, card, which which one other than the two main events we just discussed is the most interesting fight for you? I'm looking forward to Benil Dariush versus Scott Holtzman. I kinda, on the UFC card, yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel Benil's been on the cusp of could be someone great. He's at that four-fight win streak, just had a big KO over uh, Jakar Close. And uh, crazy KO, too. So I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do. If he can keep the streak going. What about you? This is going to sound like I'm, I'm sadistic or something like that, but I promise you I'm not. I'll give you a reason why. Chris Weidman against Omari Akhmadov, the, the middleweight co-main event from the UFC card here. I actually think this is a well-booked fight for Weidman, who has been in there with a bunch of guys who can just knock heads off. And this obviously is the problem for Chris Weidman in 2020. He is not the same middleweight champ that we were accustomed to a bunch of years back his chin his chin just can't handle the abuse anymore it just can't we don't know why it's just it's just the way things go in fight sport but Akhmadov even though he's unbeaten in his last six fights all of them went to a decision and his last KO from strikes came seven years ago in his UFC debut so this isn't someone who's necessarily known as you know a headhunting knockout artist I'm not saying he can't hit hard but I think it's giving Wyman a chance to be able to show off his skills a little bit without just having his head knocked off. Yeah, that would be nice to see from Wyman. I mean, he's lost five or six. He's had to fight a bunch of killers. He, yes, he hasn't yeah. really had any easy fights at all. And, he, uh, he wouldn't have it any other way, though, man. That's true. Former champ, it's not like he wants to coast. No, absolutely not. But, I mean, I mean, Dominic Reyes earned a title shot off of knocking him out. Uh, to be fair, yeah, I mean, that's someone who you and I both felt won rightfully the light heavyweight championship back in february it just didn't go his way on the judges uh, i thought john won but oh uh, you're wrong okay <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah you know what talking about his chin i think romero was probably responsible for that yeah that didn't help i don't i don't want to get touched by yoel romero's fist <laughs> oh my god i i had coffee with him one time and but he didn't hit me it was good well, thank god it was much better that way you might but be dead it, as far as my pick for this one i i am still gonna favor Akhmadov. But I could totally see the former champ get back right here. So, and Wyman's a guy I've met a few times before. He's a nice guy. Hard to root against him. We'll see. We'll see what happens, no, you, right? You, really tough to root against him. No. So I'm going to pick him. All right. I like it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see on Saturday night. That's that for another episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back next week to break down the UFC Apex action and possibly some of the Bellator judging as well. Hopefully we'll have time. Uh, hopefully I'll have electricity back by then. Come on, 2020. Is that a little too much to ask? Anyway, 
Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Couchside Judges, as well as myself at Scott underscore Fontana. My DMs are open. Feel free to reach out with feedback. Follow me on Twitter as well at DanUrbanMMA. Have a good weekend, you guys, and enjoy the fights. Later, guys. Later, guys.